On today's episode of Senior Quotes, I am joined by special guest co-host Andrew Linehan in Aiden's absence, and we talk a whole lot of playoff basketball as well as some pre-draft NFL. Let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Senior Quotes Sports Podcast. Uh, usually Aiden does the introduction, but it is me, Jack Coleman, live with you here tonight, and joined by a special co-host, uh, WCB, WZBC's own Andrew Linehan. Andrew, how are you doing today? Yo, yo, thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to finally be on here. And uh, like I was telling you before we even got started, I'm so pumped to be back in the AM studio. I haven't been in here since my freshman year, and i um, you promised me earlier this year that I get a chance to be on Senior Quotes, and here we are. I'm pumped. Awesome. I, your mic might be a little. Uh-huh. There you go. Interesting. Um, so yeah, we had some mic issues last week. I'm kind of hoping that's not the case. But just to bring you up to speed, Aiden could not be here tonight. He has something for a class. Uh, and just quick shout out. Uh, you know, his grandfather passed away recently, so a lot of love from Senior Quotes uh, towards him. And I'm sure he'll touch upon that when he gets back. So. Just for Andrew and all the fans listening, maybe for the first time, or if you need a refresher, this is Senior Quotes. The way we do it is Andrew and I tonight, usually Aiden, bring three sports-related quotes to the show, and the other person has to guess who said it and what it's about. So we're going to get into it. Before we do, I know I didn't touch upon this. You don't have any baseball, right? I have no baseball quotes tonight. Lovely. I can go find one if you need me to. You are so good. We do not need to. Just quick uh, shout out to Bryce Harper. He was ejected the other day. I think that's kind of like the only big baseball news yeah. recently. Um, but that's about it. Otherwise, we're definitely going to talk some NBA and NFL. So I can start us out here. So I'm going to go with my first quote. Would you like NBA or NFL? Um, Depends whatever mood you're in. Let's see. I'm always NBA over NBA? Okay, perfect. So we'll start with my two NBA. Uh, so tell me... Who this, is, who this quote is about, not who said it, just who it's about, okay. and what it's about. Since Blank is now under contract to another team, we will have no further comment. So big issue mm-hmm. going on in the NBA right now. All right. So I'm going to use my context clues. Have not heard this, uh, this particular quote, but with the context clues and the new hiring, I'm going to say that it was David Griffin of the New Orleans Pelicans. He's new bass uh VP or president of basketball ops down there. And I'm assuming he's talking about Anthony Davis. Um, again, have no basis for that other than a uh, shot in the dark. So kind of close. The David Griffin part was kind of close. Okay. But big news breaking was Luke Walton being fired. Oh. And recent allegations coming out about sexual harassment. Right. Uh, Kelly Tennant was her name. She's the one calling him out. She was a former host on Spectrum Sports Net L.A., uh, a lot of, you know, rough stuff coming out. Apparently, he pinned her to the bed. Uh, he talking about trying to get out of the eyes of Warrior players back when he was there. Um, this was back, I believe, 2017 uh, when some of this went on. He apparently forcibly kissed and groped her, an aggressive hug, you know, lewd remarks, all everything across the board. And, you know, this is a topic that we tend to talk about a little bit on Senior Quotes. We like to, you know... Talk about some of the real issues going on in sports and, and why they continue to happen. So, you know, we've said before this, you see this happening in the entertainment industry with the Me Too movement. And whenever it happens in sports, it kind of gets swept under the rug. And I don't know if that's going to be the case for Luke Walton. Luke Walton was obviously fired from the Lakers recently as well. And I believe is now with the Kings. And the Kings said that they do not have any knowledge of the incident or, or any previous knowledge. And the, the part that I wanted to talk about was that the Warriors' comments about it were kind of, excuse me, the Lakers' comments about it were, were kind of off-putting. They just said that since they didn't know about it and this is happening after he was fired, they're not really doing anything about it. I mean, they mm-hmm. say they're going to look into it, but, you know, this was something that easily could have been going on while he was there. And I, I don't know, Andrew, I, j- I just want you to maybe talk about 
what exactly this means for sports as it, it keeps happening so what is your take on some of these issues going on yeah absolutely so um pretty excited that we get to come in pretty strong on the on the podcast yeah pretty yeah early. yeah it's but, a um, rough topic to start yeah, with yeah but. but it's incredibly important as you talked about so um this is like i'm trying to find the bearings whether it came from the lakers organization or if it was vlade divak with the kings but you know regardless um this is a really sensitive issue that you talked about happening in the entertainment industry, but um, you know it will it will transcend into sports. It will transcend into you know your everyday desk jobs. It's um, I I don't want to get too liberal here, but it's really a culmination of the patriarchy that's been suffocating um, America for far too long. Um, and you know, Me Too movement is really important. Um, you know, just for giving women a voice, um, whether they're explicitly coming out or not, um, just the fact that people can feel more comfortable in coming out and uh, giving these accusations. And, you know, people are obviously entitled to their due justice. And uh, we hope that whatever um, actually happened is, um, is like, concluded and rightfully, um, rightfully dealt with. But... Um, I don't want to paint Luke Walton as a as a guilty man right off the bat, but you know Definitely. where where there's smoke, there's fire, and um, you know whether it was the Warriors, whether it was the Lakers, whether it's the Kings, um, there's got to be more uh, more background when, when you're looking to hire somebody, you know. So um, like I'm not sure when the incident occurred or when it allegedly occurred. I believe it was in 2016, 2017, around okay. then. So. so was he an assistant with the Warriors Yes, at that time? I believe it was during the Warriors' time. Okay, gotcha. So, you know, it goes back to even the Lakers um, making, making that hire. Um, I think when you try to make these types of hires, you obviously look for the right basketball mind and whoever's a schematic fit. But you got to make sure that you're looking for a person who embodies a progressive culture, one that promotes safety, um, not just on the court, but um, like emotional security and safety for the people involved with the, with the organization and outside of the organization as, as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see where the Kings go with this. Yeah, because, that's, that's the main thing here. Yeah, I, I don't right. necessarily know exactly what they're going to do, if they're going to look into it more, or if this is just another case of being kind of swept under and... Luke Walton still has a job despite this, so we'll, we'll totally. see. So, yeah, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see where we go with this. And Luke Walton losing his job definitely had nothing to do with yeah. this. So Rough uh, week. Just a rough week for the guy. Real, real tough week. <laughs> really, so it, really it's, rough um, week. It's definitely, um, the circumstances are a little different than what we saw with Greg Schiano um, in Tennessee. Yeah. But it's like a similar similar uh, progression where he gets hired, there's some backlash, and then he ultimately gets fired. Whether that happens with Luke, uh, we'll see. But um, first and foremost, just uh, wishing the best for the woman who is, um, who's bringing these accusations upon. Um, open to the public, I know that it was, um, I think it was released by TMZ Sports. Yes. And they're, they're relentless in what they do. But, um, of course. you know, it's... Um, Obviously, want to ensure uh, people's emotional security and safety going forward. Yeah, and and I definitely agree with everything you said. I, I mean, another issue just before we wrap up this quote was, uh, you know, Christoph Porzingis. I'm a Knicks fan, and there was sexual allegations against him as well. And even that, I mean, I haven't heard about that in maybe a week or two, yeah. and, and that was kind of big news. And now it's just kind of gone. So, I mean, it, it's really tough when it comes to sports and I just think it it's a you know a call on the sports culture to really try and fix some of these problems it shouldn't just be you know boys being boys or, or locker yeah. room talk in in sports anymore you know it, it's something we need to look out for so let's move on from this and, and get a little more fun now I think it, yeah. that was a serious note to start the show but let's get into some real basketball some real playoff basketball let's do it so you can go all right so um my quote, I'll start with a, a joke one. This one won't be won't be real, but okay. the quote is next question. Ooh. This is this is one of like my type of quotes. Yeah. Um <laughs> and now I know how Aiden feels when he <laughs> has to figure this out. Okay. Next question. I'm gonna go with mm, maybe Joel Embiid. 
Yeah, I'm going to say Joel Embiid. All right, that's a very good guess, but it's actually Russell Westbrook and his teammate Paul George. Okay. So um, there was some fallback. I think this was after game two when they had gone down 2-0 to Portland in their respective series. And uh, Westbrook has been like notorious for having a, a tumultuous relationship yes, with the press down definitely. in Oklahoma City. So um, he was kind of taking the Marshawn Lynch approach with uh, not really giving the media much to work with. And uh, it was kind of funny because Westbrook has been known to give some of these either sarcastic responses or just giving absolutely nothing of sustenance, substance. And uh, it was funny because he gave this response next question. And then a, um, a reporter asked Paul George immediately after, and Paul George goes, next question. <laughs> so um, we know they're really good friends, uh, Westbrook and Paul George, but uh, might be rubbing off on PG the wrong way. Yeah, no, definitely. I And this is something that... I do want to talk about a little more in my next quote, um, but you know that that's a really good series going on. I absolutely love the Dame Lillard and Russell Westbrook okay, showdown that's going down every night. I kind of thought that the Thunder would be able to make a better run on this Trailblazers mm-hmm. team, but I think I always underestimate the Trailblazers, no, and every year, does, yeah. yeah, like every year, I say like I think Damian Lillard needs to get out of there. Like it's just not the place. It's not going to yeah. work. But like. It definitely has been in this playoff series. They're making a good run against a potential MVP candidate. It's tough this year against guys like Giannis and Harden, but that's a really good team. And especially with a guy like Westbrook, who's basically been averaging triple doubles all year and and the past couple years too. You know, I I always think the Thunder should be doing better than they are. But this is something that goes back to even when Westbrook was back with uh, Durant in those days. So, really exciting series. I, I'm loving a lot of these playoff runs. I don't know why this is doing that. <laughs> Love that. So, yeah. All right. We're bouncing all over the place. Um, so, I'm going to get into my next playoff quote. Um, tell me who said it and who it's about. Man, I went up to blank in that timeout, and I said, get your swag up. He know how we play. We don't look at how many shots you done missed or made. You put the work in. So, obviously, he really knows his grammar. But (laughs) who said it and who's he talking about? Well, it could have been Jared Dudley because it doesn't sound like a Boston College education. (laughs) No. But, um, again, going to go off context clues. When it sounds like missing shots, I'm immediately thinking of James Harden as he went over 15 the other night. Uh, When someone's telling you to get them shots up, I'm trying to think of one of the role players that we could see from the Rockets. And, again, I don't even know if this is James Harden. Um, it might even be uh, Jamal Murray from earlier this week, or it could just be completely off. But I'm going to say that it was it is I'm I'm debating between PJ Tucker and Gerald Green, but I'm gonna say PJ Tucker talking about James Harden. So you got half a point. You All got right. the Harden part. It All was right. Chris Paul ah, man. on James Harden, but that that was a good good guess there. Yep. So this was uh, Chris Paul on James Harden going 0 for 15 at one point in the game. And, you know, trying to snap him out of it. And I I wanted this quote because I think this opens up a broad discussion about the MVP race. Mm -hmm. So we see the Rockets with Harden. I mean, obviously Harden had a rough night, but the Rockets were still able to win. And for most of the season, you know, we were saying that Harden is the MVP. Harden should be the MVP. But then Giannis went on this bit of a run, which we thought if if Giannis had such a run, he may be able to steal it from under him. And he's been amazing. And the Bucks just swept, who was it, the Pistons? Pistons, yeah. The Pistons uh, the other night. And Giannis in that game put up 43 points. Like, that was a direct correlation between Giannis's play and their win. And, you know, the Rockets were able to get a win without Harden, playing like he normally does. And then we have Paul George, like we said, with the Thunder. And Paul George, you know, playing well, but the Thunder not doing as well as they should be in that series. So this leads me to believe I think Giannis should be our MVP this season. I want to get your take on it. Yeah, so totally. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about the MVP, but um, I talk with some of my buddies back home. I think we just want to be you and Aiden as a profession because we always have this group text. And uh, one of my one of my buddies has been uh, a hardened diehard for like four years now. He thinks that Harden should be getting his fourth straight MVP this year. But um, yeah, I think you put it really well. Um, there's been a few instances where, like, you try to think of an MVP moment. You know, um, Harden had that 60-point triple-double. Um, he had that unbelievable game against Golden State where they won in overtime. I had a double overtime. So um, 
and you know having all those uh, thirty point games in a row, it was all it was all fun and good, and he really did bring them back into contention after being the second to last seed in the Western Conference early in the year. With all that being said, I am definitely if I had a vote, which I think I should, but I don't. I think <laughs> it should be Giannis for MVP, uh, just because of how unique this guy is. I mean, he gives you twenty eight a night or so, and it's like the defensive philosophy to guard him is so much easier said than done. You say he can't really shoot that well. And even though he has developed his jump shot a lot, it's still not like super consistent at this point, but here are your options. You can either man up on him and he's quicker and longer than you. So he'll, he'll beat you off the dribble, get to the basket and probably yam on your head. Or you can sag off about six or seven feet like you do with Ben Simmons. But the difference between Giannis and Ben Simmons is that Giannis is going to take advantage of the of that six, seven feet that you give him and basically get a head start running to the basket. Exactly. So it's like, that's just offense too. Honestly, if I had a vote, which again, I don't, but I think I should. You really should. I think. So I, I would vote for Giannis for Defensive Player of the Year too because yeah. of the way that he is a, a rim protector. He can... He can literally guard one through five, and most of the time he's not going to be defending your point guard just because he's so much more useful closer to the basket. But, like, if there's... I don't think you would want anyone else in the league to defend, like, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid, and that's just one guy who can do all of those. And I don't think the league has ever seen someone who's basically a rim-protecting point guard. Yeah. Like, have, I don't think that's ever... No, there, there definitely is It's not. just something that hasn't even been conceived. But, you know, as the game's developing and you play positionless basketball, it's really fun to, to play with these types of things. So, obviously, hats off to Harden. Um, scoring thirty over 36 points a game, that's incredible. I never thought that I would see that. But... Um, like, with all that being said, offensively, I think Giannis is just a step below offensively, but, like, several stratospheres above him defensively. Yeah, and Aiden and I talk about this all the time. Any other year, individually, any of these three could have been the MVP. I yep. mean, Paul George gets kind of swept under the rug here, but he really has had a, an amazing season, and I love the guy for staying with the Thunder. That was a great move yeah, for him. But, you know, Giannis is just a freak. Just the other night, he had that double pump layup <laughs> on Andre Drummond, and he didn't even know what to do with it. And, yeah. you know, they show the side-by-side -side comparison to Michael Jordan's, and it, it's something that hasn't been seen in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of frenzy around Zion Williamson and how he is the next best athletic talent since LeBron. But I think we're seeing that with Giannis right mm -hmm. now. And Giannis... It's not that Giannis came out of nowhere, but I just don't think anyone gave him the credit he deserved on this rise to being such an amazing star. No, totally. Um, like, you talked about it, um, but I was looking back on uh, the 2013 NBA draft because I was thinking about who was even in that draft, and it was the Anthony Bennett draft. And yeah. like, there's, I remember him being like a really surprising first overall pick, so I looked at some mock drafts. And uh, in this particular mock draft, it had Alex Len going first, who's Jeez. on uh, the Hawks right now. But, like, if he was the first pick, he would have been a bust. Like, still For a sure. little better than Anthony Bennett, but not much. And then, like, you know, there was, like, Victor Oladipo. There was Cody Zeller. And, like, it was a really weak draft. And but Oladipo it, took his time, too. Oh, that, absolutely. That, that took yeah. a long time for him to be the yeah. player he is for the Pacers now. Yeah, you're totally right. But at 16, it had my Boston Celtics taking a man named Giannis Adidikonbo. It was just, like... There was no no scouting around this guy. You just saw someone who was at the time six foot nine, really long, and that was kind of the craze of the NBA at the time. You mm. you want to just take this project in the mid to late first round, who's got good length. Maybe you can grow him into something. But I can promise you, I think it was John Hammond who drafted him at the time, is with the Magic right now. Even he would not project Giannis to be at the stage where he is right no, now. Nowhere near. I mean, he's slow. We're getting into this period that I've been waiting for for years. Where, you know, we're getting out of the LeBron era. LeBron is definitely on his decline now. And, you know, even even though, though his prime is still incredible, the slight decline that we saw this year is only going to get worse and worse each season. And we're getting into the era of, you know, the Anthony Davis. And I thought for the longest time Anthony Davis was going to be the guy of the league. Yeah. But now it really is Giannis. And... It's really cool to usher in this new era of players. We're seeing it in the NFL, too, a lot of older quarterbacks retiring. Yep. And it's just a whole new era of sports that I'm really excited for. And it, you talked earlier about the 
Defensive Player of the Year, and I, I don't think Kawhi Leonard gets enough credit either. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that, next to Giannis, I think can defend most positions. I still look back on the Spurs final against LeBron okay. and how he was able to shut him down. I mean, yeah. he's the only guy, really, who was ever able to fully shut down LeBron in a playoff atmosphere. And, you know, he's still competing. So I'm really excited to see a potential Kawhi-Giannis matchup. I think that's what is the best for the NBA out of the East. I think teams like the Sixers and even the Celtics are are great teams overall. But to see the individual player matchup, it's got to be Kawhi and Giannis against each other. Yeah, and um, obviously I'm not rooting for a Bucks raptors uh, Eastern Conference Finals because I'm rooting for the Celtics. But uh, you put it really well. Um, Obviously, people don't really know what's going to happen with Kawhi this offseason. If you think that you know, you're lying to yourself because Kawhi is an enigma and you can't really yeah. project what he's going to do. Sits back but um, they really are two freaks. And then you look outside of those two guys and you have talent beyond them. And like you look at someone who might even be the next Giannis in Pascal Siakam. Yeah. The, the guy is an absolute beast. And uh, regardless of Kawhi coming back or not, you're going to bring back Siakam on a rookie deal. The guy is capable of giving you... I thought he would give you 20 a night, but he's giving him 30 a night right now in the playoffs. And he's another incredibly versatile defensive player. So, um, like you like you mentioned earlier, it's, um, it's always really uh, daunting to think about the old regime on their way out. Um, there was kind of this, um, this hectic state when Jordan was retiring. You didn't really know who you were handing the league off to. Um, and then with LeBron, you think, well aside from Jordan, there might not have ever been a, an NBA player or an icon like LeBron. So you're kind of worried about handing the league off. But just from an entertainment and consumption standpoint, the NBA is so freaking awesome. Yeah. I'm in love with it it's right amazing. now. Because you have so many versatile guys who are who are growing up on the sport, watching guys like LeBron. And like this is a debate for another day, but I think LeBron's the best player ever just because of how versatile he is as as a player. So you have kids growing up watching LeBron and they're trying to model his game and being like being, I think the biggest change I'm getting on a little bit of a tangent right now, but I think the biggest change in the new era of basketball has been allowing the taller kids to, to handle the ball and mm, not just sticking yeah. their butt in the post anymore. You know, cause if Giannis was growing up in the nineties, they would just put his butt on the, the left block and have him back people down. Exactly. And that's not where he's most effective, clearly. And um, it's – it's I'm trying to get back on track, but um, going back to your original point, um, Giannis versus Kawhi would be a ton of fun. I think the second round of the playoffs, regardless of who you're getting, is going to be a ton of fun because you're getting the uh, the Bucks versus the Celtics. Obviously, you got a lot of star, star power there. Um, Sixers and um, the Raptors. I think that's going to be a really fun, really fun matchup. And then on the Western Conference, you, we still don't know what's going to happen with that two, three, six, seven yeah. uh, matchup. But you're definitely going to get the Warriors and the Rockets, which is going to be a heck of a. Time I I really and I keep saying I really think that the Rockets are going to be the ones to take it out from the Warriors. Yeah. And. You know, it's interesting because Aiden and I are Knicks and Nets fans, and I want to get a Celtics perspective here. So I believe you guys have three picks coming up in the draft. At least. Do you have have for the first round? Are there any, you know, rumblings that you're hearing about who you may try to go for, who's going to be around that area? Oh, man. Like, it it all depends on the lottery. We have the Kings' uh, top pick, uh, top one protected, actually. So. I remember at the beginning of the year, I would look at the uh, the mock drafts where it would say like who uh, back when the Kings were projected to be yeah. bad, you know. So it yeah, had it came this, out of nowhere. Yeah, they're, so they're coming it, up too. It had the Celtics drafting second overall, and you know uh, R.J. Barrett was yeah. supposed to be the number one pick. So at one point, it was the Celtics taking Zion Williamson with the second pick. In that the is ridiculous. Not gonna happen. But uh, the Celtics have the 14th best odds um, at number one with the Kings. They have the eighth best odds with the Grizzlies, but that's top six protected. And then they have their own pick as well as someone else's pick, but it could be as many as four. Um, I think ideally it would be three because if it's protected for the Grizzlies, then it's top four protected next year. It's like it's one of those Danny Ainge things where yeah. there's so many protections on the on the pick, but. Um, uh, too bad Aiden isn't here to remind them, but uh, we kind of screwed yeah, the Nets no. over in the I, and I, too. I love bringing up this story. I remember <laughs> listening to one podcast. 
I, I forget who it was, but they had on Danny Ainge. And they were like, yeah, like, we just kept asking the Nets for picks, and every time they'd agree <laughs> until they stopped agreeing. And we were like, okay, right, perfect. We'll, we'll and take four. That's, yeah, that's they got all of them. Um, and what do you I, – I think a good fit if you can manage for him to slide to you guys somewhere mid-first round would be to snatch up Bull Bull and try and get Love him it. on your team. Love It'd it. It'd be amazing. And, you know, as Horford is getting older too, it might be a great replacement. Yep. Uh, to have him. And what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm a Knicks fan, so mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about Kyrie this offseason? Do you think he's leaving? Do you think he's staying? Yeah. Is he going to the Knicks or somewhere else? All right, so just to touch on Bull Bull real, uh, really quickly, he is projected to be like a mid-first-round pick. I think that he's actually going to go higher. Uh, he's obviously a project, but at in the middle of the first round, you don't really know what you're going to get. I would swing for the fences with him. The guy's got a handle. He can pull on the perimeter. Uh, really talented and really smooth for for his length yeah. and size. So I would be ecstatic if we got Bull Bull. Um, but in regards to Kyrie, I don't know, man. I'm just riding the wave right now. Honestly, <laughs> I think that he's going to sign back with the Celtics. But in regards to how long, no idea. It could be a one plus one. Wouldn't be crazy about that. It could be three years. I, I'm not really confident that he'll sign the full five just because it seems to be the new player movement where yeah. you don't want to lock yourself down. No, definitely. And um, I, honestly, not not upset about that. If Kyrie told me personally tomorrow, hey, Andrew, I'm going to sign with the Celtics for three years, I'd be like, yeah, man, do it. Um, if he's going elsewhere, I think it's um, – I heard rumblings that he's going to take a meeting with the Lakers. Um, that's gross, but yeah. it's um, – you know, I'm, I'm all for guys checking out all of their possibilities, and Kyrie's definitely, um, like, uh, let's let's find the word. He's an intrinsically motivated guy who's uh, open to exploring new things. So, um, Like a flat earth. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so he should be looking at all of his possibilities, and um, I, I bet Aiden would think that he's thinking about the Nets. He's not going to the Nets. <laughs> But, um, Which has a higher chance, Knicks or Nets? What are you thinking? Definitely Knicks. Let's go. I would say Aiden Knicks. can listen back to this. <laughs> I would say if he's not going to be with the Celtics, it would be Knicks number one. I'd probably say the Lakers number two, and then Nets number 30. No, I'm just kidding about number 30. <laughs> but um, it's, I really do think it's a toss-up between the Celtics and the Knicks right now. Yeah. And if on July 1 he signs with the Lakers, I'm going to listen back to this and probably cry myself yeah. to sleep. Yeah, no, I probably will too. But um, how do you feel about it? Um, I think Kyrie is like the loose option for us. I, I think he's the one that's the least likely to happen. Okay. I think that actually, because I know the Knicks' luck is terrible, I don't even know it if I can fully ride on Zion being yeah. like a thing, because for all, all we know, we could end up with a third pick. And I think Durant is kind of set. I, I yeah. have watched him all year and I don't think he's staying. I've heard rumblings from people that uh, have connections within MSG and they seem to think that it's, you know, a for sure thing. Yeah. And I think that's the spot for him. He needs to be that guy to reclaim a team and make it into the playoffs. Like the thing is, He's not ever going to be the hero in Golden State the way Steph Curry is or anyone else. And even if he gets the Knicks to the Eastern Conference Finals, the city will love him. So I think that is the move, and I think that's the one that I'm most sure of. And, you know, if Kyrie comes along for that ride too and we happen to get Zion, it'll be a beautiful, beautiful day. But, you know, things don't always work out as picture perfect. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's an exciting time to be a Knicks fan for the first time since the 90s probably. Yeah, for the longest time. So, um... You know, I. It's interesting to hear your perspective. I say since Lynn Sanity, but Linsan- that was a great <laughs> That's time. Sad. Um, but um, I would have to agree with you on Durant. It reminds me a lot of what we talked about with LeBron last year. Um, people were talking about LeBron going to the Lakers, and they were kind of like like whispers. But I remember listening to guys like Bill Simmons and, yeah. and that was Zach the podcast Lowe. I heard the Danny yeah. thing on Bill Simmons. So right. Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe, they're saying like, yeah, like LeBron to Lakers could actually happen. And when you hear guys who have sources like that start yeah. to talk like that, then it feels like a sure thing. And they're saying the exact same thing about Durant. Exactly. And um, I feel really confident Durant's going to go to the Knicks um, because of because of that reason alone. And going back to how exciting of a time it is for the the Knicks, you could be looking at next season. It could be any combination. Like, it could be Durant, Kyrie, and Zion. That's an actual possibility. And yeah. that's insane. And it would and be insane. You could also get, like, Durant, if you get the number one pick, get Zion. You could even trade that for Anthony Davis if you really wanted to. 
But at the same time, you have these two max slots. If you strike out on Durant, which again, I don't think is likely, but if you did, then you could be looking at like Nikola Vucevic and Tobias Harris. Exactly. So it'd be like back at square one. So yeah. it's um it's an exciting time, but it's also a really sensitive time to be a mm-hmm. Knicks fan. I bet. We, we can go anywhere just to wrap this part up to, you know, from worst in the league to back to worst in the league <laughs> or mediocre and be stuck in this hell of mediocrity or one of the best teams in the East. And I don't know. It's exciting and everything's up in the air and I'm nervous, but... How about we get to your next quote, All right. and uh, we'll change it up a bit. Let's see. So um, I have I have two basketball ones and a football one. You ask me. You tell okay. me what you Okay, let's go. Let's do another basketball one. You've only done right. one quote, right? I've yeah. only done one okay. quote. We'll do another even, basketball. That wasn't even meant to be uh, one of my serious quotes. <laughs> all good. We, we take all quotes here on Senior Quotes. Let's see. I got a, a couple of interesting ones. One is kind of about a topic that we already talked about, so okay. I'll go with this. Um, the quote is, now I'm anxious to see our guys. How do we respond to that? Where is your pride? Where is your toughness? Where is your grit? So game four is going to be great insight to who we are as a team, especially our young players, especially blank. Ooh, game four. So this is someone that hasn't played. Is this they, game four? At this point, they have played game four. Okay. Um, I'm going... Oh, man. I really don't know. Um... I feel like I had heard this quote too, and that's why it's tripping me up. Because I felt like I had said something similar with the Clippers. So, mm, I'm going to say the Clippers, and I can't even think of who's on there right now. Um, I don't know. I'll just I'll just lock in Clippers and try and get a half a point there. All right. You're not going to get any points on this one. I but it, it's a pretty good guess. Like, it could have been Doc Rivers talking about yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander or something like that. It's actually the Nuggets coach, Mike Malone, okay. calling out Jamal Murray following the Game 3 loss to the Spurs. So um, that was the game following Jamal Murray's uh, outstanding fourth-quarter performance. I'm not sure if you were watching that one. I tuned in only for the fourth quarter. That is, like, the one series that I have not caught a minute of. I've yeah, seen every other NBA series TV except series. that one, and I just <laughs> – have not happened upon it yet. Yeah, so. and ironically, that's the only 2-2 series right now. <laughs> but um, so it was Mike Malone calling out Jamal Murray because Murray had, um, he went 2 of 6 with 6 points in Game 3. And that was a game where Derek White, the point guard for the Spurs, yeah. went off for 36. So um, there was another quote that I was going to add on to this where Mike Malone said uh, he played like he was hungry, talking about Derek White. Yeah. So um, he was calling out Jamal Murray, telling him to get his act together, and um, Murray followed up with this saying, um, I think I'm going to bounce back, and when I say that, I almost always do. Mm. And sure enough, he came back in game four with 24 points and six assists and a win. So, yeah. um, like, it's again, it's tough because the game's not totally accessible because it's on NBA TV, but uh, what have you been able to take away from this series? I <clears throat> Going into this series, I really was a big fan of the Nuggets and just keeping up with all of the highlights and stats following uh, that series. I, you know, I, I think I've just been underestimating the Spurs and I guess Pop as he's getting older, but, you know, he's a genius on the basketball court in terms of coaching. And these are both very young, raw teams, I feel like. And you throw another raw team in there, like like the Clippers, who I brought up. And I don't necessarily know how it's going to go down for either of those teams in the next round. But, you know, going into it, I really did think that the Nuggets had a chance. Their record shows that they're a fantastic team. And Jamal Murray is another guy who is one of those low-key stars yeah he's he hasn't broken his way out in the same way that you know a guy like d'angelo russell has but i think his day is coming and i really think jamal murray is really gonna take over in the next year or so with that team and be the true leader and star yeah i think the nuggets have been an overachiever this year if you told because they um they lost basically a playing game against the timberwolves last year so they finished ninth in the west which is it was like uh, where they were supposed to be at that Mm -hmm. point of their rebuild but this year being the two seed, you know, once you get to the second seed, people will have to start taking you seriously. Yeah. And um, it is a pretty interesting dynamic because they are a young, inexperienced team playing probably the most experienced coach in the league in Popovich. So um, people were sort of overlooking them. But at the same time, you know, you're the two seed and you have um, home court advantage over every team besides the, the Warriors. So there are expectations in terms of 
Um, in terms of the Nuggets' success this season, not entirely sure where they're going to go. Um, I think they do benefit from Portland being the third seed rather than uh, rather than Houston. So I think um, that could uh, give them advantage uh, in the in the next round if they make it. But um, you know, I think I like what you're saying about Jamal Murray. The kid can definitely ball out mm. when necessary. The thing that concerns me about him, obviously, is the the consistency. Yes. Sure. Um, so he can give you 24 to 30 one night and then be completely invisible the next night or even be a detriment because he's shooting two of six, you know what I mean? So um, I think this next offseason is going to be a really critical period for Denver, and I think they're a player away from really making the next step and taking and being like a serious uh, team for contention in the Western Conference. So um, something that I've been playing around with is getting Anthony Davis on that team, and it would cost Jamal Murray. Um, so you would, if you're looking to keep Jamal as your third option, I think Jamal would be one of the best third options yeah. in the league. So if you can find a, a plug who could be either your second guy or 1A, 1B with Jokic, I think he'd be in a great spot. Whoever is available, not entirely sure, but uh, Denver is going to have to do some uh, self-reflection this offseason, regardless of how they do in the postseason. I mean, a guy that comes to mind for me is maybe trying to go all out on the Tobias Harris mm, front and try to bring him in. I think that he could be a good key piece there. I, I don't see Tobias Harris as being a standalone star, but put him in with the right role players and the right maybe like counterpart totally. star, borderline star, I think he can really lead a team too. So I think like going all the way in on him and or maybe trying for Anthony Davis is a great move for them. I, I keep forgetting about Anthony Davis and, you know, even the Celtics too. I know he said that he wouldn't necessarily go there, but I think it might be a good fit for him if Kyrie were to leave and yeah. they need a new star. So... You never know. I, anything can happen this offseason. I'm really excited for it. Oh, and there's just so many teams that will – I think this is a year that the league is definitely going to be shaken up a bit. I totally And agree. I, I think it starts with LeBron not making the playoffs, and it's going to continue with the Warriors potentially not being in the finals. I think it's all going to be a little shook after this. Yeah. So moving on, I will get to my last quote. It is football. So we're getting in with the NFL. Let's do it. Uh, I've got to figure out which one I want to do here, but – should be fairly simple. Uh, ask any one of my teammates of who I was as a teammate and a man and a person. Yes, I'm cancer to a place that's okay with losing because I want to win that bad. You're absolutely correct. This is Odell Beckham Jr. Yes. on Twitter. And uh, it looks like we're out of NFL quotes because I had the next tweet that he sent out after that. <laughs> I'll read it while we're, while we're discussing it. Uh, he said uh, he was responding to a tweet that said... Um, why didn't you straighten up after getting the bag emoji and don't sit here and say you did constantly bring questionable statements interviews actions into the locker will go down as one of the, the Giants greats but come on bro they bet on you then you made them look foolish he responded to that with um, with we didn't sign him to trade him in quotes you don't get married to get a divorce I tried my best the situation I had been in since I got there never changed we were still losing period Money doesn't bring happiness, brother. Remember that. So um, that was a layup for me because I was on Twitter looking at that today. But, um, you know, with Odell, I think the Giants are just an absolute mess right now. Is that your team? I Yeah, it is. Oh, and I completely agree with you. I have no idea what they're doing. I don't know what they are doing this Thursday with the draft. A uh, common complaint that I've been fielding is that, you know, they have the 6th and 17th. And they basically are saying that they're not going to trade up. And by putting that out there, you know, there's only two quarterbacks I really like in Murray and Haskins. And even then, I'm not crazy about either. And to get one of those guys, you know, you can't be saying that you're not going to pick him till the sixth when other teams are in desperate need of a quarterback and will trade up to get one. So maybe they aren't going for a quarterback at the sixth pick. I think that they may be going for maybe a middle linebacker or maybe even another rusher. But... I don't know. We're going to have to see. I think that, you know, the Cardinals are a team that have been doing it fairly well. No one knows exactly what they're doing, and we're two days away from the draft. Yeah. Uh, people have been saying potentially we give up the 6th and 17th pick for Patrick Peterson and Josh Rosen, yeah, which I could see. Too. I'm not necessarily hating on that deal. I think that would be kind of cool, too. But maybe we will try our luck with the draft and see what falls our way. You know, Gettleman is never one really to trade up. He's always just going to 
make do with what he has at a given position in the draft. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I bring it up, this quote up, because I feel like there's a lot of ways to branch out from this. Firstly, I think that I agree with Odell. I think the Giants are in a rough spot, and I can't blame him for not wanting to win. And I said this recently that Odell is, or excuse me, Anthony Brown, not Anthony Brown, Antonio Brown. I always say (laughs) Anthony Brown on this show. The more important one. Yeah, the more important one. Antonio Brown, um, you know, is always, you know, especially recently seen as this terrible player, not terrible player, but terrible teammate with the Juju feud going on. And I saw on Twitter that Antonio Brown is the player that everyone thinks Odell is. Yeah. And I think Antonio Brown is really just kind of a jerk. Whereas Odell just has that, you know, that dog in him, that that will to win. And I think that's something similar that uh, Baker Mayfield has within him. Mm. And Baker out in Cleveland, you know, he's not able to really mess with the media as much as Odell was. Odell is in Cleveland now and is still getting heat from the New York media. So I think as Odell gets away from there, I think he's going to be in a much better place mentally. He has his best friend Jarvis Landry to pull him back at times. I think he's going to be in a special spot, and I really don't think anyone is ready for how good this Browns team is going to be. I mean, at this point, it's really just filling in a couple pieces in the draft. Yeah, so I think that, first of all, I'm really proud of you for not being so bitter about Odell, (laughs) because it'd be pretty easy to say, like, yeah, a guy was a cancer in the locker room or whatever. I I was a huge fan. Yeah, the guy's talent is undeniable, and his passion is also undeniable, and how he expresses that can be a little contentious sometimes, but... Honestly, the way I perceive it is the guy loves to play football. Um, he He's a charismatic guy. He'll always have the cameras on him because he's a star player. He's a star personality. So, like, I remember there was a time in his second season where he was, like, throwing his helmet at the um, at the field goal net and, yep. then, like, proposing to it. I thought that was a bit <laughs> much. But um, in terms of, like, locker room stuff, I didn't see anything that would indicate that he was bad. Um and then you compare him to someone like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, this whole persona that he's developing came out of nowhere because it seemed like he was a, he was either a sixth or seventh round pick. The guy put his head down and became the best wide receiver in the league. And then in the last calendar, like six months or so, yeah. the guy is just bashing on his old teammates and he's really making Juju out to be like a really sympathetic character. And I think people are going to start loving Juju. But um, comparing him to Odell, Odell is, how old is he? He's like 24, 25 25 maybe. So the guy's got so much more to play for. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for him. He he got his money. Um, He's playing with his buddy Jarvis, and he's playing with a like-minded quarterback like Baker. So um, hopefully you don't get in the situation where, like, they're too similar and they butt heads. But honestly, um, Baker just seems like a guy who wants to win no matter what. And um, it, I, I think it's going to be an awesome pairing. The, the Browns are just a ton of fun, man. Oh, I'm I'm so excited for them. And I really want to see what they do in the draft. And you know, when it comes to Odell, I think New York could have been a great place for him. I just think it was the right place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of the media, that's a little iffy. But I think he is the persona that New York loves to feed off of. You know, we get guys like Ennis Cantor on the Knicks who – are always running their mouth, and people eat it up, and Knicks fans love it. Yeah. And now we have Saquon, who kind of does his own little bashing, but in a respectful manner, yeah. and everyone loves it. So the other thing is that Antonio Brown with Juju, you know, that was terrible, but the way that Odell handled his relationship with Sterling Shepard was the exact opposite, and he, you know, the pair congratulated each other. Yeah. Odell wished him luck. It. I really think deep down that Odell did have love for his teammates, but it was more so the organization and, you know, maybe some of the coaching that really was the difference between him wanting to stay there and and give his all in New York than, uh, you know, Antonio Brown leaving. Yeah. And, um, excuse me, I think one thing to keep in mind, I know we're in the media industry and um, we always have these guys under microscopes, but you got to think about it from a, a human aspect. If you're in a position where you might be making a lot of money, but if the situation's not right, or if you're not happy, or if the management stinks, like you're not going to be happy. Yeah. So um, it, honestly, it takes a lot of balls to be able to come out and express your your frustration with it. And if it means you want to move on, you should have the ability to do that. You shouldn't be 
handcuffed by poor management or poor leadership. So um, I'm always going to be Team Odell over Team Giants. It has nothing to do with the Giants being the Pats in the Super Bowl twice, but it just has to do with, um, with you know, just being able to empower yourself in a league that uh, really has not given much power to their players and the product over the, the duration of the league. And uh, th- this was something that I was looking at today, and in terms of, you know, oh the upcoming season. Yeah, it, it's interesting. <laughs> oh it's really interesting because I was looking at Eli Manning's stats after the video leaked the other day of him throwing around to Saquon, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard. And, you know, he didn't look bad. I mean, that's, again, without, you know, an awful line in front of him trying to protect him. Yeah. But he looks good. And he had a career year last year. It, if I tell you these numbers, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. 66% completion rating, 4,299 yards, 21 touchdowns. I mean, 11 interceptions, it's not terrible. I looked up, uh, to compare, I I looked up Baker Mayfield, and Baker had a lower completion rating, lower yards, and I believe only maybe like six more touchdowns. And Tom Brady had had a lower completion rating, slightly, it was either slightly above or or fewer yards, Mm -hmm. and eight more touchdowns. So, and a Super Bowl. And you know, granted, this doesn't all tra- Eli's numbers don't necessarily translate to wins and in-game situations, but when you read it out, I mean, it wasn't a bad year. He's he's in a rough situation, and I just think that you know the Giants are riding with him, and I don't know how I feel about that, but I think that he can still have a fairly decent year with the right conditions. And they, the Giants have done some work to build, bulk up their line. Now their defense is kind of off and they can't really figure anything out in which direction to go. But if things go their way in the draft this year, I can see him maybe being, you know, I talked to some of my roommates, like a 6-10 and 10 team, which is slight improvement, <laughs> still a decent draft pick. And I'd be pretty happy with that if that's the way Eli would go out. I really wouldn't care too much. Yeah, so I think there's a lot more variables with Eli. It's not as simple as just, like, cut the guy or trade him like that because the guy has won you two Super Bowls, and he has a lot of clout within the organization. I have, I really don't have a problem with you holding on to him, but it is time to find what the next step is. And uh, in terms of his reading stats, yeah, they're fine. I think a lot of it can be attributed to Saquon yeah. um, and having <laughs> to sure. pay attention. I think Saquon's most talented running back in the league, so – uh, when you got to put seven guys in the box to account for Barkley, then it opens some stuff up for for Odell, who used to be there. Um, we'll see if Golden Tate fits in. But, um, yeah, I think Eli can get you to six wins if that's really your goal. But I do think you need to start thinking about what the next steps are. Um, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, first being, uh, how do you feel about Saquon being picked second overall? And then um, you said... Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins. Is there someone from the last draft who you liked more than those guys? So, uh, this is, so I'll start with the first one. So I like Saquon at the second pick. I mean, you know, rookie of the year, like that means something. Yeah. And you know, Baker was great. I absolutely love Baker, but he was taken first, so that wasn't a possibility. I liked Baker since his college days. I thought he would be this guy. This. You know, I, I thought he would tone it down a bit and just have this dog within him to win, like I mentioned previously. So I was all for that. Um, Saquon, I think a lot of people say we're going to waste his career, which is true if we don't, you know, turn things around. But the, his mentality is awesome. He's saying, like, he'll do whatever it takes to win. He'll put up however many yards, however many touchdowns to win. And I love that. And, you know, no doubt I think – so like if he goes without injury I think that he will be a hall of famer and you know if if we can build up the line even more it's only going to make his game even better he was running behind a terrible line last year so I'm all for it I love (coughs) Saquon uh in terms of other quarterbacks I'd maybe think of from last year uh I there was a lot even even next year's draft I think are great quarterbacks it's this in-between year where of course we're stuck picking a quarterback (laughs) That maybe makes me have hesitation with Saquon at two. But I did like Baker, like I mentioned. Uh, I think Sam Darnold has a cannon. But I did really like Josh Rosen, which could still be a possibility. I think he was just probably on one of the, if not the worst, offensive team in the league with the Cardinals. And, you know, I remember the game still, the USC-UCLA game, where he absolutely had a shootout with 
Sam Darnold and, and showed that he was just as good. Yeah. And he was picked lo- a lot later. Uh, I even liked Lamar Jackson, not necessarily for the Giants, but I thought he was great. And looking back now after the season he had, maybe that would have been great, the combo with him and Saquon. Uh, I mean, that wouldn't have happened maybe, but you know now we have Lamar Jackson with Mark Ingram on the Ravens, and I think that is going to be so exciting to watch. So in terms of this draft, I mean, I don't necessarily know where we're going to go. I It could be a quarterback. Haskins, I personally like. I think he's similar actually to Eli a bit. I think he's, you know, only going to be as effective as the pocket created for him. He's not going to be a guy rushing all over the the, uh, the field. And then, you know, Kyler Murray is a big what if. I mean, he does not have the height, which I don't think matters as much anymore in this NFL. We see that with Baker now. But, you know, the guy is an athlete and he's quick and could be exciting, fun football if we were to get him somehow. Uh, The only problem is I think it would have been something that worked if Odell were to stay around. I think Kyler, Odell, Saquon would have been something really, really fun to watch. I don't know if that's the move anymore. I'm not a fan of Daniel Jones from, I believe, Duke. And Drew Locke is another big what if. I mean, taking him at 17 after we get a good uh, top 10 pick, maybe I'd be okay with that. But again, like I don't think we have enough room to be messing around and trying to get some luck with a quarterback out of you know a, a, a later round. So I don't know. I, that's why this upcoming draft is so exciting to me. I really don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know if we would trade up at all, and you know us staying at six is just smokescreen. So we're going to have to see. Um, to wrap up here, we have a little bit of time left. I figured we'd run through the playoffs, the NBA playoffs. And just kind of make our predictions for who's going to make it. So, automatically, we have the Bucks Celtics uh, out of the East. And the other half of the East is Sixers-Nets, um, which I believe is... Is that tonight, that game? Um, let's see. We have Toronto and Orlando playing right now. And yeah. then we also have Brooklyn and Philly, too. Yep. Okay, so... Philly's up 3-1. to one. Uh, This is Aiden's team, the Nets. What do you think? Are the Sixers taking it from the Nets? So before I talk about this, um, you know how on Twitter it will say, like, one of someone that you follow has mm. liked, and it will yes. show a tweet. I am so tired of seeing Aiden Broderick you liked and then some and Nets propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> All I ever see is Aiden's Nets tweets. And then seeing, it's ridiculous. knowing that Jared Dudley is on the Nets is uh, an Aiden Broderick uh, dream come true. So, um, <laughs> But uh, getting back... Uh, into the game itself, I I think the Nets are a cute team. I think that's yeah. all they are right now, and they're fun going forward. I hope that they can bring someone in uh, as they continue to develop. I like D'Angelo Russell, but I love the guys that bring off the bench between Dinwiddie and LeVert. I think both those guys are absolute yeah. studs. Um, the thing that's interesting about Brooklyn is that their bench is honestly probably better than their starting lineup. And yeah. like you have different looks between those two um, those two units, but like I said, I think. Dinwiddie could be a starting point guard just about anywhere. Yep. And um, I, I think he's an awesome six man, but Lavert should be starting. That guy, that guy's a beast. Um, and like I, I understand why they bring him off the bench, but if you added, like I can understand why Aiden could be thinking about bringing Durant in or something like that. Because if you added someone like Durant to this Nets team, they're set because yeah. they're going to continue to develop um, with. Guys like Lavert, <coughs> excuse me, Lavert, Dinwiddie, still Russell. have RHJ too. Yeah, yeah, they have Rondé. They got uh, they got Jared Allen. They got a ton of pieces. And at this stage of their progression, they're a cute team. They're not going to make noise right now. If they had won last game and Game Four, make it two two, maybe we could have seen something. But I think Philly's got an overwhelming talent advantage, and there's no shame in Brooklyn uh, going out in five games or even six games. So um, it'd still be a successful season for them, considering the disadvantages they were facing because of what the Celtics did to them. They had a long way to, to come back. But, you know, they, they hit on their picks. They took advantage of the Lakers, basically giving them Russell for free. Yeah. Uh, they got Lavert with, I think, the 22nd pick in the draft. So that was a steal. Uh, Dinwiddie they got from the bowels of the, the Pistons system, I yep. think. So they're hitting on all these guys. Atkinson's a really solid coach, innovative guy. So 
I like the direction they're heading in in terms of this season, just not yet. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think that out of the East, I do think that the Sixers have the best five overall. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bucks are – I used to not – I I actually do like the Bucks starting five a lot too, but I just didn't think they had as much depth, which yeah. is going to be interesting coming up because I think the Celtics have a ton of depth. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a very interesting series, and I think it's going to be a lot – lot closer uh, for both teams than their last two matchups were. Uh, I'm also going to take the Sixers. I think the Nets could maybe scrape a win out tonight and maybe force it another game. But overall, I think the Sixers are going to win it. In terms of Nets and offseason moves, I always say that, uh, and I always throw this guy around like I did before, but Tobias Harris to that team is a great addition. I think uh, the Nets could be a potential landing spot if they went all out on Kawhi Leonard. I think mm-hmm. he would be a great addition to that team. He is the ideal addition to that team. Yeah. I just don't even know if he's going to leave Toronto. And then another guy, if you can make a push for Anthony Davis and try and yeah. maybe give up one of these two guys that, like you said, could be a star or, or definitely at least a starting position on any other team, I, I think that could work as well. Yeah, um, and um, Russell, I assume Russell will be coming back because yeah. he's really embracing the culture they have around there. Um, I I really like the Tobias Harris idea, and Harris is one of those guys who's an easy plug-and-play guy. Yeah. He'll fit in just about anywhere. Um, but I would say beware of Jimmy Butler, because yes. if you bring in Jimmy Butler, I think that would be like a decent theoretical fit, but practically I think it would just stunt everything that's going on. I don't even necessarily know where Jimmy Butler fits yeah. anywhere, but I kind of like him on the Sixers now. I think he's starting to really develop that role as a leader of that team. Yeah. Um, but moving on here, time-wise, uh, we, we got the Raptors' magic. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that series? I, I personally think the Raptors are going to take that. <clears throat> yeah, as of now, the Raptors are actually up 54-38 to 38 yeah. halfway through the second. So I think that that first game was, was a lot of fun to see Augustine uh, that was cool. pull that one. It, it was cool, and good for the Magic for getting back to the postseason. Um, another fun team. I got some pieces to play with. I think that Jonathan Isaac's going to be mm. uh, a real good piece moving forward. Aaron Gordon's on a good deal. They might try to to package him for something. If not, you can still try to build around him a little bit. Um, I really hope that Mo Bamba can come back because I like that guy a lot. Yeah, um, it's so sad that you said Mo Bamba, and I immediately thought of the song over yep, the actual play. That's wild. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to the West, we have Golden State and L.A. Uh, Clippers, I obviously am going to go with Golden State. What? I... I'm not sure how much farther they'll go. I think they'll go till that Rockets game uh, or Rockets matchup. I don't think it's their year with Cousins being out now, but I'm going to take Golden State. Yeah, the thing that concerns me about Golden State, not for this round, but for um, the extended playoffs, is, um, you know, Cousins didn't necessarily fit with what they tried to do schematically, but the biggest concern with Golden State is their depth. And what Cousins gave them was another look if things aren't falling. You know, he's one of the more talented big men in the league, so you had an opportunity to uh, to go back and um, try to, to f- put the ball into another talented guy's hands. Um, because Golden State's bench is real weak. Yeah. Um, and that will be a bigger problem if you didn't have two of the best shooters of all time and arguably the best scorer of all time in your starting lineup. But I digress. In terms of how far they'll go... Um, they got the Clippers, no problem. That Houston series is going to be a ton of fun. Um, Houston's really starting to put things together, and it's impressive that they can win a game that Harden, he still scored 20 points, but it started at 0 for 15. So they're showing some resilience. Um, I think Chris Paul is going to end up getting a ring at some point in his yeah. career. So I, I would not hate if um, if people started to pick Houston in that series. So we have the Houston Jazz series. Obviously, I think we both agree Houston's yep. going to take that. Uh, looking at Trailblazers Thunder, I, I personally think Thunder can push it one more game mm-hmm. and then maybe the Trailblazers take it away from them. I could also see the Thunder maybe making a bit of a run and you know pushing it to seven games, and yep. that's going to be up in the air. I think it would be an awesome battle again like between Dame and Russ. And then we have the Nuggets Spurs, which, again, we talked about, but I think that is the most up-in-the-air series. And I want to say the Nuggets. I think if Jamal Murray can stay consistent, they'll win this first round. Uh, but after that, I'm going to take either the Thunder or the Trailblazers over them. 
Yeah, I think if you told me that either one of the Nuggets or Spurs won in six games, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So <clears throat> to me, that one's a total toss-up. Um, I think the Nuggets would pose a better threat in the second round, but, you know, you got to get there first. Um, I am all off of the Thunder right now. Um, I think, like, there's going to be the questions going into this offseason with Westbrook, whether yeah. he can get you to the next level. Um, especially after having a career year from Paul George. But, you know, George is clearly not himself right now. He's uh, he's still yeah, like he's in a bit of a still struggling a little bit with uh, the shoulder injury. So if you had a, a healthy Paul George, I think it would have been a different series. But, um, you know, they got the Thunder have to do something because you can't bring the same team back. I think their biggest concern would be the perimeter shooting outside of Westbrook. So, like, you think about – Honestly, the Thunder and the Blazers are pretty similarly constructed teams where yeah. they have two uh, perimeter players, both can handle the ball, and then you have some guys playing around the corners and the the wings with um, a powerful presence in the middle. Now, it's usually Nurkic for the Blazers, but uh, now it's Cantor, and he's doing a fine job. But, you know, the difference is that you can trust it's funny to say, but you can trust Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu a lot yeah. more than you can trust uh, Jeremy Grant and Terrence Ferguson. So I think the Thunder got to be thinking about who we can add to that perimeter. And I think that's what they were trying to do with Melo, but it's got to be someone <laughs> who's work. more effective. Maybe Tobias Harris. I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah. But it's Plug like, in it, Tobias Harris and It'd be a great fit, but problems. unfortunately the Thunder are in a terrible, terrible position with their cap. So... Um, if you can, I really think they're going to try to shop Steven Adams this off season because he's making well. about $23 million next season. And he's just been unaffected in yep. the series so far. So if you could shop him for like an Aaron Baines type, along with a solid perimeter shooter, I think you're in a much better position. Definitely. Uh, so we're going to wrap up there for now, Andrew, I believe you want, I usually let Aiden do the scoring, but yeah. pretty loose scoring night. I still believe you got it. So congrats on your first dub thank on you, Senior Quotes, you. and we really appreciated having you on. Oh, man, it was so much fun. I hope I get to come back soon. Definitely. We'll have you on again. Uh, until next time, guys, we will see you next Tuesday, and we will get this episode up soon on the Apple Podcast app and SoundCloud. Uh, so see you then. Bye, see guys. You guys. Love you.